Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hello, welcome back. This is Wade into Wealth. I'm Chuck Wade. My brother Ethan is here with me. We are approaching episode 100, but first... We're still not there yet? Not there like yet. Been, no. We've been approaching every week. Well, we we do one a week. If yep. you want to start to do more, we'll get there quicker. No, thanks. Um, no. So, how about a deep breath after that last quarter we just had? All right? I'm still breathing. It was a tough quarter. Yep. Third quarter, not great. The whole year, not great. Whole, whole year up to this point, uh, not great as well. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you have some interest in personal finance or perhaps investments or your own investments or your own personal finance. And so you're... Likely, or your mom and dad. Or your mom and dad. Or you're our parents, right. Yeah. Um, but you're likely aware it's been a rough year. And we're going to talk about that today in a survey that was recently released from the American Association of Individual Investors. For $2, you too can become a member of this survey, um, of this group, I should say. And they put this survey out on a regular basis um, about investor sentiment. And the most recent one showed an overwhelmingly negative sentiment. In fact, the most negative sentiment since March of 2009 among individual investors who were surveyed, saying the overwhelming majority expect stocks to fall during the next six months. It's one of the five lowest uh, readings since the survey began in 1987. Hmm. Hmm. How about that? What do you think that means? People are worried. Yeah. Well, I think, nervous. yeah, they're worried, they're nervous. It also means things have been pretty rough for a long enough period of time right now. Well, yeah, because we often, you know, we think that an object in motion tends to stay in motion in that in that particular direction, unless acted upon by an external force. Well, the stock market is a moves ahead. Well, it's, it's forward-looking. It's forward-looking. Yeah. Yeah. As investors or as just human beings, we naturally tend to be... Um, look, well, we, we look back in the rear. Yeah. We prefer hindsight to tell us how well, we're and, doing. And part of that is a lot of the information we get. Right. Tells us what was happening in the past. I mean, you go get blood work done. It tells you what, what your blood was telling you a week ago. Mm -hmm. It's not saying what it's going to, what it's going to tell you in a week. And so to change that, the way that we view things is honestly very difficult. Yeah. But markets don't look backwards. Th well, they will take information from the past month or the past quarter, and they will use that to form an opinion on what does that mean next month? What does it mean next quarter? What does it mean next year? Yeah. And I think the challenging part about that too is looking forward. We don't know. There is no, no, no certainty, but when you look at what's happened, you can assign a number, you can assign a performance number because you have the, you have or the just a likelihood of, the data. of something to happen. Right. Thinking, yeah, the market's going to continue to go down because that's all it's done for nine months. Actually, probably close to 10 or 11 months at this point. Yeah. Well, we're into October now. I know, so, but yeah. I think it also started before the end of I think we had our high last in January. Year. Yeah, okay. We had the I, don't, I, don't regardless. Know the, I don't know. All right. It's facts. been rough for a little bit. We don't need to, we don't need yeah, to be yeah. exact yeah. in the dates. Um, what was your impression? Because I told you about this survey when I saw it 
I don't know, a week and a half ago or so. What was your impression when I said it's as negative as it's been since March 2009? Well, first, I thought it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Second, I thought, hmm, maybe that's a good thing. Right. Because we, uh, you know, we, we work so closely with the uh, chairman of our firm, George Conboy, and he has always talked about how when the herd all thinks that one thing is going to happen, often it's the exact opposite that that will happen. And our hope is that this is uh, this is no different. And it's very unscientific and not sophisticated in any way. It's very anecdotal. But when everyone is as pessimistic as they are now and as they have been for a couple of months, it sometimes can signal that the bottom of the market may be closer than than we otherwise mm-hmm. may think. Yeah, and when you when you dig a little deeper into the data of this survey, which hasn't been around for that long of a period of time, historically speaking, yep. um, since 1987, but what I was interested in, because I kind of went down the rabbit hole, because you know everything you read on the internet's true, and so I went down this rabbit hole of what's, that was a joke, by the way, everything you read on the internet. I got it, yeah, sorry, true. I just didn't, didn't uh, that's laugh, okay. I've heard it before. That's right, you've heard it. Um <laughs> This is the fun part about working with your brother is that I think we hear each other say the same thing over oh, yeah. and over again. Yeah. Like I feel as if I could run one of your client meetings and I think you could mine and we could just take the sayings the other one yeah. uses. Yeah. I also think it probably would be very similar with, with George as well. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, we've been working together a long time now. Yeah. Um, so this survey, there were th- there's, there's, there's three questions you basically or three responses you could give in terms of how do you feel the stock market is going to do over the next six months? There was, uh, I think it's going to go up. I don't know. Or I think it's going to go down. Um, the, I think it's going to go up. We'd call that a bullish. All right. Bullish is typically people who think the market's going to go up. So prior to this year, there were five periods of time when positive investor sentiment or bullish investor sentiment was below 20%. So Less than one in five people who were surveyed thought, yeah, we're headed in the right direction. <laughs> Those scenarios... Which I understand when we're sitting in a time like this. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, the reality is you don't know when things are pretty rough until they've been pretty rough for a while. Right. And you also don't know the inverse of that, which is we don't know when a market's recovered until it's recovered. Yeah, or we're well into well Or into we're well recovery. into it. Um, it's like Western New York. We don't know we're in summer. Until it's like the middle of July. Yeah, our calendar can tell us that, no, it's technically summer now, but no, it can still be very cold and rainy, and yeah, that's, There's, I think that's great. Well, I realized yeah, that this year, I was like, it was like the middle of June, and I'm, I'm thinking, so are we done? Like, are we are Well, we technically, done? no, not summer in the middle of June. No, but thinking like, can the heavier coats and stuff, now I wear shorts year-round, so I don't worry that much about it, <laughs> but thinking, are we out of the woods here? I wear like, shorts year-round. The cold weather? You really do. I do. Yeah, I know. Really I like do. shorts. It's, it's cold in the winter. I know. Well, it doesn't bother my legs. The cold's actually very good for you. There's a lot of science and a lot of data behind that. Okay. All right. Cold exposure is very good um, Very good for your mental health, for your physical health. And so that's why you wear shorts in the winter? Yeah, we should do a podcast in um, while taking ice baths someday. That sounds that's terrible. That's a good idea. Sounds um, terrible. All right. So let's get back to the data here as I drove us, uh, careened us off the road right, really right into the You weeds. really did. Somehow we're um, talking about yeah. recording a podcast in ice baths. Things have gotten fairly bad <laughs> for a while. And you know they have when you're talking about recording a podcast in an ice bath. But here yep. we are. Anyway. We're just looking for that recovery. Let's go through the previous five times when less than 20% 
of investors thought things are likely to be positive over the next six months. July of 2020, you remember that? That yeah, the pandy. Was, that was, uh, yeah, that was the pandemic. Um, COVID was a thing. What happened uh, in the months following July 2020? How'd the stock market do? Or the We use the S&P 500 as our um, measuring stick here. How'd it do? Went up 30% over the course of the next, next year and a half. 18 months. Mm-hmm. May of 2016. Now, when I first saw this one, I thought, what happened in 2016? I had to go look it up because I didn't remember. Yeah. I remember this being all over the news at that time, yeah. but I well, can't... Well, it was a big uh, deal. I can't speak to it too much now at this point. And uh, that was Brexit, mm-hmm. when Great Britain voted to leave the European Union. I actually remember I was with my father-in-law when the markets are just crashing after this, and he said, oh, this looks pretty bad. And I said, this... I don't know. I said, I'm curious to see what this looks like in a month. Uh-huh. Because it seemed... And in a month, it was as if nothing had ever happened. Over the next five years, the S&P 500 would go on to return 40%. Right. Okay. Then what we talked about earlier, March of 2009, which most people will remember the financial crash, the Great Recession. March of 2009 was the bottom of, of, of that market crash, and we saw the S&P return almost 350% over the course of the next 12 years. Yeah. Let's go to February 2003. This was towards the end of the dot-com bubble bursting. Markets would go. This would kick off the bull market that would take us into the Great Recession mm-hmm. in 2008. Market, the S&P 500 went up 60% over the next five years. And in finally, September of 1992, this was this was the recession of the early 90s that kind of did George uh, the first George Bush in um, as president. And, and over the, the next eight years, we saw almost 200% return. 186% over the next eight years. That would take us to the dot-com. Yep. Um, All of these take each other to the next one. Right, they do. And that's the reality is, I think there's, in a lot of ways, you know, you turn on CNBC and there's someone talking about how the market's going to crash and there's another person talking about how the market is primed for for a really strong period of time. And the reality is we're always working our way to our next recession and our next market crash. Mm -hmm. It's just how much time is there in between It's just a matter of when. And it highlights the importance of, when things are going well, you have to be participating in that. Mm-hmm. Because when things aren't going well, you're still going to have an impact mm-hmm. by that in your accounts. Even if you have bonds right now, your accounts are not unaffected. Sure, Bonds are down. And, and often right. people, I, I was talking to a client yesterday, said it's not normal that stocks are down and bonds are down. Said, well, not necessarily. Um what I don't think is normal is the fact that the market's down more than 20% and a lot of bond funds are down more than 10% mm-hmm. in that same time. And that's a factor to do with interest rates. But what I'm getting at is when everything's going well, when it's eight months after 1992 and close to 200% return, you've got to participate in that. After the dot-com bubble bursting for five years, a 60% return, you have to participate because when we get these pullbacks and when we have these market crashes, they don't wipe out a decade of performance. If you're participating along the way, mm-hmm. they'll knock out a year. Mm-hmm. They'll knock out two years. Right. But if you're participating on the upside in those eight years, the five years, the 12 years, the five years, the 18 months, then those blows that we take, we're going to be able to withstand those better. But if we're not, when those blows happen, they're going to set us back 5, 10, yeah. 15 years. Yeah. And in every one of these scenarios we just mentioned, the market 
crash or the the negative market um, that followed or that had set up these periods where investor sentiment was so low was due to a different reason. Always. Every one of those was due to a different reason. What is very often similar, almost often similar, is how we react and how we behave. Right. And so that is where we're not making a case that the market's going up from here. We don't know. Right. Um, but at the same point in time, looking and saying, yeah, things are pretty rough right now. Has the tide shifted that so many people feel things are negative that we're closer to the end than not? Maybe. And the reality is, while all of the events that drove that data that we just described were all different, we've been here before where the market's been yeah. down 25%. We've been here before where we've all been nervous. And we've all felt that the markets are not headed in a good direction. And I'm worried about the impact that this has on me. This is not new mm -hmm. in terms of that feeling. What is new are the events that are causing it. And so today we're human beings. In July of 2020, we were human beings. Yeah. In May 2016, March of 2009, February of 2003, and September of 92, we were all still human beings. And as human beings, it's our desire to want to take control of a situation that we have no control over. That's the hardest part, is the lack of It's control. always the hardest part. And that's where there's certain things that when we talk about sometimes the best form of action in a time like this is inaction. Yeah. Yes. But there are also some minor tweaks and adjustments that you can make in your portfolios. Sure. There are certain things that you can control, whether it's to generate, seek more income or more dividends and, and to have a, a more stable path over time. Mm -hmm. That you can control. But what the market's going to do to try to get in and out of investments so that we can avoid losses and only make gains, not reasonable, and it's not going to happen, and you're unlikely to, to set yourself up for long-term success. Something you just said I want to ask you about because I'm curious as to, and, and I have my thoughts on it, but what are some of the tweaks that you have? Uh, I'll, gi I'll give you an example of one that, um, that, that we made and it was purely because the market's down, is that we have a, a client who has a, a significant amount of money that's not in an IRA. Uh -huh. It's in a brokerage account, non-qualified account. And they just had a couple of really large positions. They had a, some investments in stocks that they've had for a long period of time. They were really large parts of their portfolio. Yep. And so we had a conversation and said, look, we've talked about wanting to diversify some of this for a while, but because of the because the capital gains would have been so significant, talking hundreds of thousands of sure. dollars of yep. capital gains, yep. what if we peeled some off now and then did some knowing that we are closer to the end of the year and then did another chunk next year? Yep. And, the, and, and because the, they don't pay a lot of income, client is older, would like more income, and said we can, we can transition these into companies that are paying 3.5%, 4 4.5% dividends. You can get more income and be more diversified. Client thought this this makes a lot of sense. That to me was an appropriate adjustment to make with the market being down. Well, and, and everyone's adjustments are going to be yep. uh, dictated by their situation and their circumstances. And so now is a great time that if you have some investments in your portfolio that you've been thinking about for the past year or year and a half and moving on from them, now now is a reasonable time because you can find plenty of other opportunities in possibly better companies that are trading at attractive valuations or 
you may look at some of the companies that have done very well this year in a year where the markets are down more than 20%. Not every company has done bad. Some companies have actually had very strong years. Would you look at those to shift that portion of the account more towards some bonds or a more conser- yep. conservative tilt? It, it all comes down to the circumstances of yourself mm-hmm. and what your objectives are and what you're looking to achieve. So we, we talk so much about the action of inaction and the importance of that, and, and that's true, but I think the big picture of that is to not abandon your overall plan in mm-hmm. a time like this. It doesn't mean you can't make changes or you can't make adjustments because there are certain things that you can do, whether it's to seek more income, less risk and do it in a way that's not going to jeopardize the overall longevity of your, of your portfolio. And I remember, you know, this isn't something that, that I've done in the past week, but I remember it specifically when the pandemic first started, we had some clients who called because we're talking, we're talking about how this year's tough markets down close to 25% in the pandemic. The market went down almost 40% in six weeks. Yeah. So that, that was not great almost double as bad as it is right yeah. now, and it happened in, in a month and a half. With the uncertainty of a worldwide pandemic right. that was brand new on top of it. And so we, we had some some clients calling and thinking, I, we have no idea what's going to happen right. to the world in, yeah. in the next period of time. And honestly, I'm very nervous, and uh, I, I don't really want to own a lot of stocks anymore. And yep. we, we kind of, like we did when we first uh, started this podcast, we took a deep breath. Yeah. But... We looked at some companies at that time. Walmart had done really well. Mm-hmm. General Mills had done really well. And what we did is we sold those positions. Mm-hmm. And we parked that money in cash. Yep. We didn't reinvest it. Yep. And we called that kind of the pressure relief valve, yep. where we let a little bit out. Uh, you know, I think I never mowed the lawn as a kid. But now, you know, I mow the lawn. And I didn't realize that every once in a while, you got to open up the gas can to release the pressure yeah otherwise it starts to starts to get bloated yeah. and so it's similar to that in in the account sometimes you just got to take off the lid and let some pressure out yeah and that allowed us yes we held some money in cash that had no return associated with it but the bigger picture is that it allowed those clients to hold the rest of their stocks yeah and, and feel- in doing so they participated in that and feel as if they had some control correct it yep. gave them the feeling so this is something that um you know i love we love analogies and this was put to me like this way in a long race my coach said when you're when you need to slow down and walk i don't want you to think of it as i'm taking a break but i want you to think of it as i am preparing to run again mm-hmm. in that it's not it's bad i'm tired i need to stop it's i am taking this time to refocus myself on preparing to run better again. And in this case, in many cases, there are opportunities to clean some things up that we may not have been able to or wanted to for for whatever reason. The other side of that is, how often does somebody say, I really like Amazon, but it's too high? Yep, yeah. Or I like Tesla, but it's too high to buy right now, which we've talked about that in previous episodes about why that isn't as big of a deal as we sometimes think it is. But they're all on sale right now. If there was a company that you thought too high, stock price is too high for whatever reason, it's likely less now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, this, this is an opportunity sometimes to revisit those and say, oh, I really wanted to own this company. Well, it's down now. What about now? Yep. 
So that is where there are tweaks and adjustments that can be made that can prepare you for better growth or more income or a more diverse portfolio of investments when the tide does turn. And right. it will turn at some point. What we don't know is when. Right. You got anything else? No, didn't even look at the back. We did, well, of this, we kind of covered we it. We kind of covered it all pretty I th- well. I think this is what's what's fair to to close with, and this is paraphrasing from Morgan Housel's book, The Psychology of Money, which is one of my favorites. When all is said and done, the investors that look the smartest are the ones who can do the average thing when the world around them is going crazy. Mm-hmm. That is referring specifically to not needing to turn your portfolio investments over, dump them out, and pick all new ones. If you can be patient, as hard as that is, and willing to wait, the likelihood is much greater than you will, that you will be rewarded in the end than thinking, I wish I hadn't done that. Well, often with the type of investments that we're getting for our clients, it's not a question of whether the investment will hold up. Yeah. But it's about whether the investor will hold up. Right. Good point. Good point. Mm. And that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Because this is a journey that nobody needs to walk alone. That's right. We'll get through it, and we'll get through it together. That's right. All right. I don't know if we can top that. I don't think so. Well, we'll be back next week, and we'll give it the uh, we'll give the old college try. Mm-hmm. All right. This is Wade Noel. Thanks for joining us. Contact the Wade Group at Wade Group at brightonsecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade Into Wealth, brought to you by The Wade Group at Brighton Securities.